for WERU comes from our listeners and from Front Street Shipyard, a Midcoast Maine boat building repair and storage facility located in Belfast. Front Street Shipyard on Penobscot Bay, offering dockage, service, and amenities for owners, captains, and crew. Online at frontstreetshipyard.com or 930-3740. And the time is one minute past four o'clock. Stay tuned for Boat Talk with your two rusty anchors, Alan Sprague and Mike Joyce. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's uh, second Tuesday of the month, 4 p.m. Time for Boat Talk here on Community Radio WERU-FM Blue Hill 89.9, no, 99.9, 99.9 nowhere. Uh, I wanted to come over at 11 o'clock at 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, you wanted to, yeah, well, that may happen yet. Yeah. But, but old habits, old radio habits, hard to break. There we are. There we go. Sound better now. Old habits, yes. It's an uh, old show. It's been on the air for um, what seventeen years now, two thousand and three, when we first started. Quite an old show. All right, and we kind of inherited the gig. Yes, we're going to get around to Maynard Bray here in a little bit. Good, yeah, good. Um, I see a day here, uh, you know, in down East Maine. I've got a, uh, a review of a uh, book about ice, you know. If you uh, don't have enough around you, you can enjoy other people's <laughs> <laughs> by, uh, vicariously. Not a lot of good ice around right oh, now. They even think. closed the Penobscot Narrows Bridge for an hour on Monday morning. Because of ice? The, yeah, the, the upper cables were all iced up. Oh, and guess what happens when uh, <laughs> them big things want to fall down? Yeah, no, I don't want to be on there at that time, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, times is changing, and, uh, you know, so anyway, we're doing boat talk this morning. Uh, general overview this morning, Alan? Yeah, it is a call-in show, too. The number to call in is 469-0500. Um, we only have one phone line working into the show right now, so if there's somebody talking on the line, you're going to have to wait for them to get off before you can call in, but... Um, we can work with that. Four six nine zero five zero zero. We got we, uh, several things to talk about. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of uh, news items here. All kinds of uh, just uh, you know uh, splish splash stuff. Uh, we'd possibly be talking to the Down East uh, Lobsterman Association uh, this morning, but no. Uh, we will talk on the other hand to our friends Dave and Stacy on Stinkpot, who are looping the eastern. Uh, Hunk of the United States up the Hudson down the Mississippi. Yeah, they're in Florida right now. Yeah, so. they're in Florida, right? Talk, hope talk David <coughs> Stacy this morning. It's been uh, quite hot down there lately. I've heard. Oh, poor kids! You know, yeah. <laughs> isn't that hard? <laughs> um, they had snow in Baghdad uh, today, first time in in uh, the century, I believe, or a decade at least, uh, or so. Yeah, huh. yeah. And of course, they're fussing with each other, so. It turned into a snowball fight. It was probably less harm than what was going on before the crap come out of the sky. So, you know, can be good. On uh, Boat Talk, we try to uh, reference the climate change as an ongoing thing because, uh, you know, it seems to be running the planet, uh, whether we admit it or not, at the present time. And there will become a tipping point where, uh, again, the oven's on, cake is baking. It's only going to matter how, you know, how bad we burn it. Um Last year, for instance, uh, was the second hottest on record, and it trailed the hottest, which was 2016, by only one-tenth of one degree Fahrenheit. 
There was above average warming in most regions, but exceptional warming in the Arctic, in Europe, Southern Africa, and Australia. Past five years have been the warmest five years on record. You know, this winter is uh, on record so far to be the warmest winter in a long time. And not a delight either, as you might hope such a thing would imply, you know. Yeah. And, and Rough course, sledding. Um, the uh, change comes with uh, swings, high highs, lows, lows. Uh, you know, it doesn't all swing in one direction is uh, well, how you end up with these people saying, well, how about this global warming on a cold day, you know. And again, that's uh, part of the gig, too. We, uh, you brought this up, I believe, last Barefoot Blues Hour, Alan. Uh, no, um, this is boat talk. Oh, uh, good, good point now. <laughs> After years of drought, uh, Panama has run out of fresh water to drink and is starting to charge ships that pass through the canal a water premium. Yeah. Um, a single ship going through the 50-mile canal requires millions and millions of gallons of fresh water to be pumped into the uh, locks uh, from Lake Catan. And much of that water then goes out into the ocean. Every year, uh, maybe 1,000 cargo and passenger ships a month use the canal. Each ship's now going to pay an additional $10,000 to transit the waterway, plus a charge will depend on the uh, lake's water level, time of crossing. That's on top of $188,000 that you have to pay to use the canal to start with. Yeah. So price of uh, going through the Cape Cod Canal just went up, and uh, so did everything else. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I don't think there's a water charge on the Cape Cod Canal yet, <clears throat> but uh, well, I come, I come. Uh, you know, and uh, let's think too. Uh, oh, here's a good one for you as well. Okay, um, I got a shipping one too, but go ahead. Uh, you know, a chainsaw is a beautiful uh, thing to have oh, yes. and a terrible thing to be wed <laughs> yeah. to, okay? You know, this is and, amazing. And dangerous, too, when you get right down to it. So you and your chainsaw may be having a winter. I can't tell. You know, be careful. And uh, here's a chainsaw story for you. There is a car carrier. It's called Golden Ray. It was uh, in St. Simon's Sound, Georgia. And something shifted. It fell on its side. Yeah, we talked about it when it happened. It fell right over. Fell right over. <laughs> and... A car carrier, if you've never seen one up close, biggest vessel I've ever seen out, out on the water is a car carrier. And uh, when I was uh, very early in my uh, delivery career, I got the biggest scare of my life. Uh, we're in a uh, probably Hinkley sailboat. We're off to uh, the uh, starboard side of the uh, channel going up to Delaware Bay, uh, you know, over towards the buoys anyway, way out of, you know, most people's way. And the ship's coming and going. And I was too young to wonder to look behind me. Till I hear honk, 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 and turned and looked around, and there was a wall coming at me that said Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> and man, that thing was moving. I was doing six knots. He was doing 20 something. You know? Wow. And uh, five well, honks is not a friendly notice either. No, it's not. It's, uh, you know, emergency. Get the heck out of the way. What yeah. the heck are you doing? So, anyway, uh, uh, first and only time I ever heard that driving a boat, so uh, glad to say that. But So things on its side, sitting down there in Georgia, what to do with it? Can't just tip it right up. It's full of, it's got like 1,400 cars on it that are kind of wasted too, yeah. among other problems. They are going to cut it up with a chainsaw. And this is a, a special chainsaw. They got a heavy lift barge that will straddle the thing, and it has cranes on both sides. And they'll weld a um, uh, oh, uh, a grid work to grid the, on the top on that the they top can fasten the on after yeah. afterwards to uh, pick the thing up and put it on a barge. But basically, 
between the two pontoons of the lift boat, which have cranes on them, they suspend a regular chain, but it's diamond encrusted. And the two cranes pull it back and forth. Yeah. And saw the boat up into uh, eight, ten pieces and uh, take them off a piece at a time. They say it's going to be incredibly loud. I can't imagine how loud it's going to be. Oh. Um, and they can't stop sometimes in the middle of a cut because uh, the thing might get caught. So, But uh, that's about the ultimate chainsaw there, a regular old chain, diamond encrusted. I mean, a big old chain. I wonder if they're going to go through cars, too. Or Oh, um, in the way. yeah. The thing is all boomed off. There's going to be a you know environmental um, uh, impact. You know, yeah, impact, poss- bad possibilities. Uh, you know, but they can't leave it there either. So I wonder if they're going to go day and night too with all that noise. It's going to make a tremendous racket. They have promised to do it only in daylight hours uh, if possible, but they pointed out that they can't stop. And uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be. We get this uh, through a website called G Captain that anybody can uh, subscribe to. Fascinating, I find. Uh, it's a um, take on professional uh, mariner, uh, professional mariner world, basically, on the web there, gcaptain.com. Um, so anyway, good stuff. Um, what so, do you got? Okay, while we're at G-Captain, this also comes from G-Captain, too. This, um, yesterday, I believe, uh, talking about the coronavirus and shipping, how much they're interworking together, not well. Um, the shippers that ship uh, iron ore and and uh, oil their uh, profits have collapsed about 90 to 95 mm. percent since since last year well, since the last one yeah <clears throat> partly because uh nobody wants to go to china anymore and nobody wants to take anything from china anymore so the shipping mm. there has turned way down and plus they're not doing a lot of work in china so they're not really needing to take a lot of stuff which puts the shipping industry at a real hard spot and then also there's the uh, scrubbers that we've talked about before the uh, new imo rules that starting this year that the ships have to uh, reduce their sulfur oxide down to 0.5 percent to help um, eliminate pollution yeah uh, uh, th- those scrubbers are mostly being installed in china except the they're not doing them right now. There's several boats that are hung up there. There's several more that are waiting to get in, and uh, shipping is not happy right now. With um, and the big zoom out on this is that the planet, she is not flat. She is round, and everything is connected to everything else. <laughs> you know? Did you see in G-Captain this morning that there's going to be two vessels hydrogen-powered? I heard that. Yes, hydrogen powered. Uh, around the, there's got one I believe already going around the world in a in a test cruise all the way around the world on its own hydrogen power. And what's your exhaust? Wow. Water. Water, yeah. It's the only thing. You know, you can argue about these nice electric cars, but really you spend too much energy building them and maintaining them whereas hydrogen has always been the answer. Uh-huh. Hydrogen, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I think we're hopefully we'll be seeing more of that. I was uh, tempted by a bad fart joke, but I'm not going to go <laughs> there. That's not just hydrogen. No, that, that, that's methane, Michael. That's, that's methane. got some carbon. That's partly why I decided not to go there. So anyway, uh, oh, um, here's a good one for you. This is uh, just horrifying. A Alabama marina fire kills at least eight. And we'll be talking to our uh, friends, Captain uh, Dave and Stacy, who've been staying at a lot of uh, marinas. This was a place where most of the boats were destroyed, uh, had people permanently living among 
on them. Uh, some just spending weekends. This is from Scottsboro, Alabama. Fire began just after midnight. Quickly consumed the dock as people slept, the wooden dock. Uh, and at least 35 vessels went up in flame. An aluminum roof that covered many of the boats melted and collapsed, cutting off escape routes and mm. raining debris. Boaters leapt into the river. Um, some of the burning boats sank at the dock. Others floated away. The uh, fire started on the B dock in the middle. And uh, so people uh, had nowhere to uh, run from the other side of it. And those people ran to the other end of the thing. Uh, and uh, there was a boat there. They all got on until the fire came to them. And then that boat caught on fire. And then they were in the water. <laughs> And uh, people drowned and were burned on, uh, uh, went down on burning boats. Uh, flames uh, spread extraordinarily quickly, and uh, the thing did not take long either. So at least eight people, uh, they weren't done digging up boats and looking inside of them. They were probably trapped in some way or another. That's, that's awful. Yeah. And uh, I was talking with John before he got here. Um, you know, these uh, liveaboards, uh, uh some uh, boats we fetch from Southern Marinas, I've been shocked by the uh, boats that are obviously parked in the marina per- permanently and some of the arrangements they've the, made. And the condition they're in. Condition they're in, but yes. also some of the arrangements have been made for uh, propane tanks, okay? Uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, got to be somewhere. Um, maybe out in the, you know, fresh air bolted to a rail or something instead of in a nice vented compartment and all that kind of stuff with sensors. Um, but anyway, uh, the big thing that we always laughed at was they'll do anything to jack an air conditioner to the side of a boat. Uh, and your marina, that's a power cord, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, and again, uh, lash up affairs to, you know, uh, uh, get air conditioners supported on boats is uh, some of the stupidest stuff I've seen, let alone, uh, you know, the move boards down in Alabama. Uh, like I say. So the, you're right next to the uh, exhaust side of the uh, air conditioner and the boat next to you then? It's not just, uh, we're not just talking normal boats. We're talking boats that are, um, like say, lashed up to, you know, sport housing. and, and Not meant to go far. No, yeah. no. Uh, that's, that's what I see when I see that. So. Yeah. Four six nine zero five zero zero is the number in the studio too. Not you, good at all. I'd like to have anything Here's to say. Here's a uh, little cheerful... Um, uh, Article out of the Bangor Daily News here about uh, China and its dealings with the United States of America, especially this one, the state of Maine. The uh, China deal might or might not bail out the lobster industry. Uh, tariffs in 2018 cratered the U.S. lobster export market, which basically means Maine, while Canada surged. New trade deal between the U.S. and China, announced on January 15th, is designed in part to give American exporters of seafood, especially lobsters, renewed access to China. But in the meantime, American exports to China were uh, maybe $140 million in uh, 2018. That fell to about $44 million in 2019. The question is, um, you know, in uh, one of the largest seafood markets on earth, um, which we have surrendered our uh, share of, uh, how much of that will we get back? Just for example, Chinese New Year's just went by. They love our lobsters. They love red things. And, uh, you know, a nice red lobster, they love so them. So we have to send them cooked, huh? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. They, they get the magic of cooking red. them. Uh, you know, in, uh, two years ago, for instance, uh, in January, we sent them uh, $22 million worth of lobsters. And last January, we sent them nine, less than $9 million. So, you know, 
big hit. And uh, the dealers may or may not get that market share back. So, uh, you know. Um, right, we can claw our way back. Well, but at the same time, there's other things happening that are, are you know, going to mess up supply and demand to start with that nobody thought to uh, uh, begin with. Yeah, there's a lot going on over there right now, too. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, unintended consequences. That's yeah. a theme we come back to on Boat Talk quite a bit. Yeah. I um, mentioned the uh, the phone number. Um, if the phone is is taken up, uh, you can also email directly into the studio, too, at boattalk at gmail.com. That's Alan's got the computer open, and uh, he dares to look at it. I wouldn't. Yep, and we do have the, somebody on the line. So yes, please. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Afternoon. We're, we're throwing back to our old shows. Yep. Oh, good. So it's Dave Rowe here. Hi, Dave. Down in sunny Venice, Florida. Ah, uh, Good. Yeah, is, I, I've heard it's been warm there. Is it uh, quite nice? It's quite nice, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Uh, making us feel really good up here when you say that. <laughs> yeah. Stacy and I are, are out for a walk right now, and we're, we just uh, walked out of a, a park. We were sitting on a bench under a banyan tree. We just had our tootsies in the, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico a few minutes ago, and uh, now we're walking back to the boat. Uh, it's just been a, a, a banner day. The ice in my yard, I thought, would uh, thaw out a little bit yesterday and today, but this morning it had refroze in an even worse way and was, uh, you know, uh, no comfort at all by the time I left to come over here, Dave. So um, good for you, Tootsies, man. Uh, let's interview, introduce Captain Dave properly now. Yes. <laughs> yes, Dave, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was you on the phone. We oh, came. no, by all means. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you're, you are our, uh, our regular... At large correspondent, I guess we'll call it, doing the Great Loop, uh, starting out in, here in Maine and going through the uh, Great Lakes and part of the Mississippi, then down the uh, the name of the canal that I can never remember. Tom Bing, uh, <laughs> Tennessee, Tom Bigby. Tom, yeah, yeah, Tom Dickey. Yes, very close. <laughs> I wonder. Who, uh, do you know anything about Tom Dickey? Wonder um, how he got to be named after a canal. I, I have no idea. Yeah, me too. So anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, he's halfway. Dave and his mate Stacy uh, have a forty-foot um, bay liner called Stink Pot, and they have been making this journey and Facebooking it along the way. Dave is also a musician, son of uh, the late great Tom Rowe, famous Maine musician. Um, friends of our friends, Devon Square, uh, Schooner Fair, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. So uh, traveling, making music, and and just having a time. Uh, you can. Check all this on Facebook at Adventures of Stinkpot. And for people like me, you can also see him on YouTube, too. He's just, uh, what, I forget the YouTube channel. I they, they get notices from them when he shows up. It's uh, called uh, Great, Great Loop, I think. It's under the Great Loop header. I also I recommend DaveRowMusic.com. Yeah, so there we go, bragging you up, yeah. Captain Dave. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Now, what beach were you at again? Venice Beach, was it? Uh, yes. And there describe what part of Florida we're in. Well, we are be- we're on the West Coast. We are between Sarasota and uh, Charlotte Harbor, Port Charlotte. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're about halfway down the full length of it. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah. And are we traveling, or uh, weren't we on our way to a music festival at some point? That's still coming, uh, or 
Well, the, the music festival's in the rearview mirror at this point. Uh, that was when we were up in the Pensacola area. Uh, I was at the 30A Songwriters Festival. But I do have a show uh, coming up in Arcadia, which is just out of outside of Port Charlotte. Huh, that's uh, a coincidence, isn't it? Arcadia, yes. Yeah, Arcadia. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's this coming Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for anybody that happens to be in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> A big focus of the uh, whole trip, I thought, was the uh, singer-songwriter uh, gig that happened since we talked to you back. Uh, tell us the story. How'd it go? Went great. Uh, I did two half-hour shows and uh, made a lot of new friends. Uh, it, it, it was it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Got to hear some good music uh, and, and buzz around the beach, and, you know. Enjoy myself with a guitar in my hands, which is sort of the name of the game. There were a couple other uh, like-minded, uh, cool people around too, right? There were, there were. Uh, uh, that guy from the Beach Boys was there, Brian Wilson, huh? and huh. Uh, oh, who else was there? John Prine was there. Uh, all, all kinds of all kinds of folks. Nice. As as a matter of fact, actually, uh, on a somber note. Uh, famous folk singer named david olney uh was there and he passed away on stage you might have seen that on the news Ooh. a few weeks back yeah I've heard oh it. good he, lord and he said he felt bad and died right on the stage yeah he he uh he just he stopped playing he said into the microphone i'm sorry and then he just tucked his chin onto his guitar uh never fell off his stool uh the, the audience didn't know what had happened really somebody came out to check on him and he had passed away right there wow. and some guitar or fall over or anything in some ways you got to give it to him especially the keeping his chair there it's epic you know <laughs> I, absolutely that's how i want to go man go out yeah. like a warrior you know yeah, right up to the very end yeah yeah, yeah. man yeah. oh wow Mm, I'm gonna have to check that David Olney. You said, yeah. We yep. have some, we have some of the CDs here. Yeah, I no, I know the name. Yeah. Wow. Huh. All right. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, checking you out a little bit on the um, uh, Facebook, the uh, what do you call it, the YouTube there, and the Dave Rowe uh, Music dot com. And it just struck me the other night um, that being a musician is kind of like being a boat captain. It's a learned and earned. Uh, oh yeah. You know. You can't fake experience. And, uh, you know, we were saying, why don't more people do the big loop like uh, you're doing right now, especially young people? And, again, it's a bit of a thing. Get up on the stage, untie the boat, drive, uh, you know, up and down big rivers around the country. And uh, But, again, uh, it's an experience thing, uh, being a musician and being a boat captain. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, but, I mean, as far as the great loop goes, I have to tell you, about half the people that do it, between you, me, and the fence post, uh, and everybody who happens to be listening to the radio today, uh, about half of them don't know what to do half the time. Yep. We were we were at, we were rafted up in a lock uh, with an experienced captain. I I chose his boat. They said we had to raft off somebody. I chose him on purpose because I knew that I wasn't going to have him shorting a, a line on me or anything when I'm trying to tuck in. And. Uh, so we're standing there, you know, talking to him after we've got the engines off. We're all settled. And we hear this crunch behind <laughs> us. And he just looks up at me and he says, oh, that's so-and-so's boat. I know from the sound. They've been following us ever since we left. <laughs> and he was right. And 
I, I saw their boat. They had a, a nice uh, a trawler style boat and a, a more dinged up craft you'll never see. And some people can learn and some people just can't get the hang of it no. somehow. Um, it's called parking by sound. Yeah, and I hate <laughs> to say it's um, uh, debilitating to the morale of all aboard when the boat that you're on is, uh, you know, not, not behaving and, you know, uh, being handled well. It's uh, absolutely not a good thing at all. Mike and I, being both builders, we also, when we see that happen, we cringe for the boat, too. We, we, every <laughs> boat has a spirit. Well, and imagine as you're uh, pulling your car into parking spaces. It's analogous, but there's no uh, unknown forces of the tide, the, the force of the uh, current of the water, force of windage on your boat, the way your boat... Uh, uh, drifts the return where its center of effort actually is compared to where you think it might be. And, you know, uh, like I said, there's all kinds of factors that, that uh, play there. But imagine, uh, you know, how many, uh, anything out of 10 times uh, hitting the cars next to you, you can't go on doing that at all. So, um, absolutely. Hey, Dave, here's what I learned early on uh, a couple hundred boat deliveries back, okay? I'm, I'm like a, a born optimist, man, but now I'm a. Uh, uh, pessimistic optimist because I've uh, been around enough and a uh, couple things I assumed about the boat world uh, when I first started was you assume comp- competence assume yep. in other people what does assume mean uh, makes it yeah. ass out of you and yeah. me like I said you had, it turns out <laughs> as soon as you start examining that much you can't assume competence you have mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, check but verify right mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Well, I, like I said, about half of the people doing the loop, it, you're you're always astonished when you see them going. I mean, the other half are are fine, and they do a good job. There are a lot of professional captains doing it uh, who are just having a busman's holiday for a year. Um, but, you know, we, we see all kinds. And then there's the kind who bought the boat to do the loop. They had it a month, started the loop, and they'll sell the boat as soon as they're done. And... I mean, that, that just blows my mind, and they, they're not doing it to get any skills. They're just doing it to check, some, check a box off somewhere. Yeah. And those are the ones you really got to watch out for. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably in a rush, too, so they could go to oh, the, yeah. the next box. Yeah, and again, the boat business loves those people, strictly speaking. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know. Um, so anyway, here's the other thing I learned not to assume, Dave. Um, all those beautiful boats are full of beautiful people. No, that yep. ain't true either. <laughs> All those beautiful <laughs> boats don't come with beautiful people is, is one thing I learned around uh, uh, yachts uh, pretty quick. Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised, too. What's uh, uh, the future for unhappy rich people, you wonder? Uh, you know, unhappy on, on my yacht. And, well, you know, sorry. Sorry for you, bud. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it takes all kinds, but... By the same token, I think we look great. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, and if you ain't looking good, you ain't doing it right, uh, you know. Uh, That's right. No, I really mean that. Boat needs to be, uh, at first, kept orderly, if nothing else. That's just practical. But yeah. um, I used to take a uh, big red-headed uh, fisherman with me on boat deliveries, and, uh, of course, he would never let me take the wheel or nothing, and... Uh, you know, he thought he was in charge of everything except for when it come time to clean things up. Uh, you know, before <laughs> the boss gets there, wash salt off it and stuff. I get the hose out and the scrub buckets and stuff. And he look at me and go, I'm not a maid. <laughs> you know? 
And I said, well, you know, we got to make this thing shine. He don't care. It's going to get salty again. said, no, we're going to make this thing shine. So um, first time the boss come around and just went gaga over he'd never seen the boat that shiny, he started to take pride in that. And then you couldn't get the hose away from him, you know? Because <laughs> it is yep. a good thing to have a shiny boat. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And a happy boss. Yeah, and a happy boss, yes. Yeah. So no, I can't wait for mine to be shiny again. Yeah. We... Uh, we we decided, oh, quite a while ago that uh, we're we're just going to punch right through, and we we take care of her, we keep her clean, we keep her orderly, but washing the salt off that's that's something we do maybe once a month when we get to a marina with a hose. <laughs> yeah, and strictly we, speaking, we um, you know, uh, the more you wash the salt off, the more you wash uh, the boat is uh, fiberglass with uh, what we call gel coat. It's thickened. Um, uh, fiberglass uh, uh, with uh, cabasil uh, putty in it and color. That's what uh, outside color of your boat is. The, the you know the joke wear wear uh, surface of it. And by rights, it ought to be waxed to help yep. uh, repel water and salt. But the more you wash it, water and salt off it, the less uh, wax it's going to have on it. So that's a big, exactly. So big, we're leaving it be right now. That's a big job. Yeah. yeah. Where when we get when we get back to Maine. I've already committed that uh, we're going to put some time into her and, and get her uh, back to yeah you know back to Bristol like she was when we started this trip. So, so heading back to Maine, you're going to be going over to the east co- east coast of Florida at some point. Uh, is there a canal that you go, or do you have to go all the way down around? Well, you could do either. Uh, we're going to take the Okeechobee Waterway, which is a, uh, a series of rivers and a couple of ditches and it goes to the, uh, must go through the lake there then too it goes through okeechobee lake yeah. right uh and that's going to probably be the better part of a week out of our lives because uh, i i understand that most of it's at headway speed so we'll uh we'll be taking it easy and and just enjoying ourselves that uh, we we finish our show um on my show on sunday and then we'll head out uh toward the, the Okeechobee Waterway, which starts around Fort Myers. Uh, then we're going to spend a couple of days, I think, with the humble farmer who uh, winters in Fort Myers. Yeah, Mike's buddy. Robert Skoglund. Robert Skoglund. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he stays with a good friend of his down down there every uh, every winter, and he messaged me. He said, uh, if you're coming through Fort Myers... Said you should come over my way, and and you know there's a dock here, so nice. we, we love the sound of a free dock. Nice, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so and the humble farmer is a uh, character that uh, you know. Um, I'm not much for crowds and hot flat places and stuff. So what to make of Florida? But I like people, and uh, you know Florida is full of interesting people. And then you throw the humble farmer on top of that. I mean, come on. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah. So we're in traveling mode again right now. Um, we and, are. Uh, the uh, next show is your. Um, I mean, you got a gig, you got a uh, calendar item there. But after that, are we just uh, free to? After this show is over, I don't have anything on the calendar until May ninth. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty free. And are we going to be traveling, or or uh, what's May ninth now? Uh, May ninth, that is on our way north. Uh, I have a show in the Washington D.C. area oh, for the geez, World Folk yes. Music Association. Yeah, so you gotta come, gotta come. Yeah. So uh, 
but we scheduled that one late enough that we certainly won't mind going through. And uh, by the time we get there, um, we'll be ready to go home. Let's put it that way. You mentioned um, on the Facebook you like the uh, waterways in Florida. They're extremely well marked. A lot of buoys, you know, the pleasant, oh, yeah. pleasant scenery, uh, you know, uh, lots of fairly orderly traffic, so not bad. Fairly traveling. orderly. There's, there's a lot of a, a lot of no wake zones, and I can't I can count on one hand the number of people that actually <laughs> <laughs> go through it, you know, a no wake speed. Uh, you know, and that, a lot of them are marked that way uh, because of manatees. There's a lot of manatee strikes. Uh, you know, I, if ever there was a reason to go slow, I would think that would be it. But people just blast right through there, and like it doesn't even matter. It does. So, yeah. yeah. So it goes. Hey, is our friend Stacy handy there? You're out on a walk this, this afternoon, are you? Well, actually, we just walked back onto the boat, and she's looking like uh, the, the leisurely woman that she is. Should I hand her the phone? Yeah, could you please? I will. You hang on. Well, hello. Hi, Stacy. Hello, Mike. Mike particularly would like to talk with you. He, we'd like to get the uh, some female opinions of what's happening on this trip. Yeah, um, Stacy. Just for example, now uh, checking you on the Facebook, uh, and uh, man, looking good sitting next to a pelican uh, just today or uh, <laughs> yesterday or whatever. But still, uh, back Christmas time, you said, dear, you were having. The adventure of a lifetime with the man of your dreams, captain of your dreams. Uh, you know, it ain't Christmas anymore. You still feel like that? We good? It's, it's life-changing. I mean, I am testing my limits. Recently, we just did a 22-hour overnight across the Big Bend in Florida, across the Gulf. And I got to take lots all by myself. And, uh, boy, was that a really incredible feeling to just be you in the sea and someone you could scream to help for if you had to, not far away. Yeah. It's, dark, it's dark outside. Yeah. You're reminding me of John Lennon. Oh, yeah. That, that's another story. Yeah. Too cool. Yeah. Now, Stacy, how much uh, boat experience uh, have you had in your life uh, previous to this adventure? Well, it's all been related to Dave Rowe. I mean, he had said that he grew up boating and had always wanted a boat when we first got together. And I'm like, let's get a boat. And uh, so we spent six months out, out of the year on um, Tobago Lake, just our cottage by the water. And the view always changed, and there's just gorgeous sunsets and moons. And I mean, I fell in love with boating and floating. Granted, back then, I didn't have to do very much. I mean, I'd jump off the boat onto the dock of the line, but wrangling locks and wrestling tears and judging weather conditions and that's all new to me now but it gets to be uh old hat pretty quick nice you don't mind uh living in the uh restricted space uh, confines especially let's say kitchen wise bathroom wise sort of thing you know <laughs> well i gotta tell you i am like makeup free i don't know if dave mentioned we were recently got a phone call from Los Angeles that we were finalists on America's Funniest Home Videos. What? I know. <laughs> There's a video of Dave. You got um, a cute cat? I had no idea. <laughs> I know, I know. No one got hit in the nuts, I assure you. But, <laughs> right. But Dave was singing, like, beautiful, like, kind of aria-type opera 
almost like singing, and I, I was filming, and phone rang. He answered it, and within the context of the song, he ordered a coffee for himself, and it was just pretty funny. They thought it was funny. So anyway, back to your point about a small bathroom and such, I'm like makeup free. I am boat hair, don't care. They told us when we got to the studio in Los Angeles that they would just make sure we weren't shiny, but don't expect a makeover or anything. I showed up, the woman said to her partner, you take all the other families. Let me help this woman. Let me help this poor woman. <laughs> right. She spent the full 45 minutes on my hair and makeup because I didn't know how to do that stuff. I didn't have that stuff on the boat. It was, it was cute. It was fun. Uh, and did you have a good time being on America's uh, Funniest Home Videos? Yeah, Come on. I mean, we got to see the West Coast and the Pacific Ocean, and it has a whole other vibe. I mean, it was mm. just incredible to be able to add that to our adventure. We just happened to be tied to a dock in Pensacola at the monthly rate, or we probably would have thought twice about it. But, you know, there's prize money involved, so we didn't think too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't pay off or nothing, did they? Um. Fine was due win a prize. We're just not uh, at liberty to say wow. how well we placed. Um, I think wow. the show is March 29th. Oh, great. Haven't been on yet. Great. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, you're old. Not up. <laughs> Lips Sunday, are sealed. March 29th. We don't know how we're going to watch it ourselves. Wow. Tape it for us, okay? Oh, I only get one channel, and it's on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, uh, Stacy, here's a little insight for you, though. Um, I grew up around a TV station. My dad managed uh, WMTW, Poland Spring, Mount Washington, you know. And and I always thought it was weird going to the TV studio. Things don't look uh, the same in the studio as they do when you're watching on TV. It's quite, it's quite, <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you say that? Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, I got to say, this show, I didn't even know it was still on. I posted the funny video of Dave to Facebook, and someone's like, you should submit that to America's Funniest Home Videos. They're in their thirtieth year, so yep. they've had wow. some some <laughs> some time to procure an incredible like game show like um, set. But it it was funny. I mean, there was a little studio magic at one point. You know, they showed the family whose video just played, and there's no sound, so they're like, "Kiss her, pretend you like each other." Like they're screaming orders at us. And stuff, and we're just trying to act like a happy family. It was pretty funny. So there was some studio magic. Too cool. Yeah. And again, we're talking to Stacy Guth this mm -hmm. afternoon. Almost said uh, uh, this morning and uh, had to work hard because it surprised me when I uh, got feedback. I was producing uh, your name wrong. Uh, G-U-T-H, so... Uh, well, you and every substitute teacher I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I um, uh, was going to try Stasi for a minute there, but I decided hey. to be humble about it, so... Stacy, are you keeping a journal of your adventures? No, I mean, I, I have a Facebook page that uh, I share with Dave called Our Adventures on Stinkpot, and we post photos and things that happen to us. Dave is making time-lapse videos. Uh, set to his own music yeah, on that page and on YouTube, um, the YouTube channel Spoke on the Water. But I think when we're done, we'll probably like literally have the entire loop on time lapse for anyone who wants to see a section. No, well, the reason why I'm asking is I'm kind of thinking uh, uh, there might be a book at the end of this. Yeah, a lot of people have suggested that, and if I had any interest in writing a book and doing work like that, I think that would just take away from my boating time. Uh -huh. 
because otherwise you left a lot of stuff on docks behind you you should have been uh, you know looking into so yeah um hey plan for the next one that uh now that'll be an excuse well to support itself uh, theoretically well you know Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people write blogs and books, and I just can't imagine there's much that much of an audience for it. I bet only like 100 people do this trip every year, or complete it, I should say. There are probably a lot of people flying the Burgee and having them writing a book. Well, Stacy, having the adventure of a lifetime with Captain of Your Dreams, a simple question, (laughs) what's your favorite part? Well, we probably just experienced it. We went to a place to stage for our big 22-hour crossing, kind of close to the inlet. I don't know if you call them outlets and when you're going out onto the ocean, but I think they're still inlets. Still an inlet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, our dinghy was in order, and we dinghy to a little island called Dog Island. And we took off our shoes and started walking down this beach that was just covered in shells, and the only other footprints we saw were a raccoon. Like, there were no people and it was just surreal <laughs> i've never experienced such incredible beauty that was all yours with no evidence that anyone else had ever been there and it was just incredible it wasn't hard for you to get there it only took a couple months uh, a few <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars and you know <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm we're renting out our house in Portland. Unfortunately, that's a strong market, and that is literally paying for our trip. Nice. But we can't, you know, always go out to eat or and knock on wood. Dave does meticulous maintenance on stink pots, so nothing big has gone awry. Stacy, uh, early in my delivery career, we used to uh, rush to the destination, and we'd uh, find the nicest restaurant in town, and you <laughs> drink more than our pay, basically. And we'd <laughs> sit there in the restaurant and look around at the people around us, go, uh, bet they wish they had our boat. And finally, we started to say, why are we here instead of on our boat? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> we got better seats. We got, you know, just good food. So, you know, uh, better true. view. Yeah. So, anyway. We yeah, the galley uh, is actually Dave's domain. He's a great chef. I guess <laughs> they're also chefs. I don't know. But I'm happy that he's my captain because he can whip up stuff. He put a full Thanksgiving dinner on for boating <laughs> in the small galley. But wow. when you're on the hook and the sun is setting and something's on the grill, you, you don't need to have fish and chips at the local tourist trap. <laughs> I agree. Stace, here's a couple more of my uh, favorite little jokes. Um, one, I am uh, so much better looking on the radio, but <laughs> the other part of it is I can cook, too. So, you know, really? Oh, hey, a man that can it. cook? I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that's important. Yeah, you got one, I'm just saying. You ought to know that. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Thanks for sharing. Particularly yeah. if you have uh, vege- uh, vegetarian inclin- inclinations, Mike is your man. Really? Yeah. Oh, I uh, was mixed up with a carnivore um, a while back, and um, she had a hard time with me, and I uh, now eat chicken, uh, birds as well as fish. Yeah, so okay. Fish and fowl. Oh. Yeah, Plant-based whole foods is definitely the way to go. Yeah, and uh, I'll cook anything. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, last time I got fired off the uh, tugboats down in Port Canaveral there, uh, challenging the captain about his cocaine usage, I was making pork chops. I don't know anything about pork chops, <laughs> but I can cook them. Oh, I know so, you're supposed yeah. to cook it for a long time. Yeah, so anyway. 
and then cook breakfast for him. And, uh, you know, uh, long story. But anyway, hmm. Stacy, please keep traveling safely now, would you? Oh, thank you. I will. I mean, I have a good captain, and yeah. he has a very good first mate. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we both made the great joke. Uh, basically, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos is 30 years old. No, they just never run out of cute cats or uh, people getting uh, kicked in the nuts. So, basically, exactly. two of their big staples besides Captain Dave singing. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess they wanted to add a little culture to one episode. Beyond in March, you say? Yeah, March 29th, Sunday. All right, we'll write that down and stay tuned. Try to uh, plug the gig, you know? Oh, no, sweet. <laughs> no good having a gig that don't get plugged. Dave knows that. Yeah, and we can check out my hair and makeup. Yeah. <laughs> the one and only time you'll see me like that. Yeah, baby, baby. <laughs> All right. And again, Stacy, so so happy to talk to you guys on Hi. your uh, journey and uh Get to have some fun uh, sitting here in frozen down East Maine as it's getting yeah. dark. So, oh, well, so long, Zazie. We'll talk, All right. we talk to you again next, next month. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. And again, highly recommend uh, you can put a face on Stacy if you like, and it's a nice one. Uh, Adventures of Stinkpot on the Facebook or also uh, DaveRowMusic.com. A few good tunes up there. Yeah. And uh, forgot to. Uh, Share the idea with Dave about the uh, idea of uh, musicians being a experience. Uh, you got to learn and earn position, same as uh, you know being able to be a, a seaman, captain, handle a boat. But Dave, uh, you know, born and raised in a uh, family of musicians, uh, has been singing songs of the sea his whole life. He can stand and deliver a great Stan Rogers uh, song, uh, Mary Ellen Carter, and stuff like that, but. He needs captain time. He needs boat time to be experienced enough to sing those songs even better. <laughs> you know? And the idea that you can sing a song about the sea better the longer you've been on the sea. So mm. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it's like a dime store cowboy thing here. Oh, you've about. got to spend time in cheap yeah. bars to, you know, uh, like I say. <laughs> you've got to earn that whiskey cigarette voice, just saying. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking the feedback loop there that Dave has been stimulated to more music. Um, oh, he's sure on, yes. on the trip. Yeah, he said he had some already. Yeah, and uh, again, that music is its uh, own reward too, and and uh, yeah, it goes around circles. So, yeah. yeah, we are doing boat talk this afternoon. Dave's off the phone, so we have phone. We have one phone line only four six nine zero five zero zero or boat talk at gmail dot com. You could give us a call and uh, say anything, uh, as we like to say comments criticism some kind of suggestions you know yeah. i was i had a suggestion from uh, giffy full just a few days ago all oh, right please yes yeah um giffy and his good friend our good friend maynard brave one of, we were mentioning maynard at the beginning of the show uh, one of the boat talk starters one of the original hosts yeah um, uh, maynard bray and uh, joel White. giffy have gotten together uh, since uh, maynard's wife and Bray died a couple of years ago. They've putting together a fund, which is being administered by the Penobscot Marine Museum. And John, you may have some information on this too of uh, Anne and what she did at the Penobscot Marine Museum. Uh, she didn't do much at the museum. Maynard does mostly comes to the museum a lot during the winter, and he's donated some of his uh, photographs. And I think it's Montgomery was one of his relatives from Rockland. And he's gone through those photographs and basically written captions for everything. 
Plus, he also did something real interesting this winter. I'm sure that you both have seen the uh, calendar from America's Wood Company. And it always has beautiful pictures from the Penobscot Marine Museum, but didn't have captions. Well, Maynard decided to put captions to him this year. So now you just don't get the boat's name. You get a little bit of its history, too. story, too, too yep. yeah. Oh, caption adds so much. Right. You know. Yeah. But Anne was really instrumental at what happened at Wooden Boats Library. Okay, yes, that's what it, you know, I was reading that. She was the founding research director at Wooden Boat, which is quite a... Uh, Good job. And uh, we have a call, so we'll go to that, and we'll get back to Ann's fund in just a little mi- minute there. But good morning, afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, now that it's afternoon, I get to listen to you guys because uh, I've uh, got meetings gotten in the way uh, when you were on in the a.m. And wonderful to hear about uh, doing the loop. And uh, I'm looking forward to spring and summer so that uh, me and my dog can hop in the uh, canoe and cruise around the mouth of Long Cove here in Tenants Harbor. I think spring is just about here now. <laughs> oh, yeah, although the weather services, we got a little nip to go through before we get there. Yeah, Friday's not going to be nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. My maple syrup trees are running already. Uh, never underestimate March, uh, just saying. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, what, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, it's it's good to listen and get a get a word in edgewise. Thanks so much, Tenants Harbor, this morning. All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks for listening. Another country heard from. Uh, number one more time. Uh, oh, uh, locally, two zero seven four six nine zero five hundred. Around the world too, cell phones mostly have free long distance anyway yep. so uh one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight it's kind of funny the uh things that get uh radio imprinted into your mind to call up the number i have to make my mind blank and then it'll come because i've said it so many times <laughs> same as when you say a 99 and yeah. bangor and uh, you know good morning instead because we're you know always mm-hmm. we're on in the morning and we'll figure it out eventually yeah Hey, uh, so though this fund that uh, Maynard and Giffy are getting oh, yeah, together yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is going to be a scholarship for, uh, they hope, a young woman, but a, a woman who is interested in learning how to sail, getting interested in learning uh, what it's like to be a, a, a boat person. Uh, there is a course at Wooden Boat Magazine, or Wooden Boat School. It's called um, Elements of Sailing. It's basically sailing 101 and this is a scholarship for some hopefully young woman who can uh is interested in taking this course and maybe getting a a whole start on working on the water nice uh mannered uh course and and intimately connected with wooden boat magazine brooklyn people and nobody's ever had a bad time at the wooden boat school ever (laughs) right yeah yeah so anyway yeah where grown men go to play yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Thing over there in Brooklyn, Maine, yeah. and uh, contact information. Now? Yeah, the, if you're interested in uh, applying for the scholarship, Giffy has made himself the contact person for all this. Well, it'd be worth just calling Giffy. Giffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He, he has his uh, his cell phone number. Uh, that is area code two seven two zero seven, the main area code two six six one two four three. Ask him about the horses. Yeah, he's down in Florida right now at his daughter's horse farm. Right. Yeah. And again, uh, the only thing harder to understand sometimes in boats would be horses. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 
people think boats have a mind of their own. Well, one of my, one <laughs> yeah. of my great jokes, uh, Dad asked me about my love life one time. I says, uh, Dad, uh, kind of like uh, horses, I've always known how to drive, how to ride, but I've never known what one was thinking. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, dear. Hey, want to share a book with you before we uh, head out of Boat Talk this afternoon. And uh, speaking of icy out here in down east Maine, this is called Labyrinth of Ice, brand new. The Triumph and Tragedy of the Greeley Polar Expedition. This was back in 1881-1884. Um, brand new book, Buddy Levy, L-E-V-I. Um, could hardly recommend anything more. Uh, not a, like I say, a tragic uh, story. Um, the Greeley Expedition went north. The um, idea was the first international polar year, and they were going to try to uh, first figure out how this planet was working, get uh, data, and uh, set up meteorological stations as far north as uh, as far around the world as they could. And uh, the U.S. Army took this personally, and this uh, signals lieutenant, uh, Adolphus Greeley, took a bunch of uh, cavalry guys from the southwest, and they went um, up um, Baffin Island, uh, you know, across from Greenland, uh, as far north as they could. They took a prefab hut and built themselves a fort there, Fort Conger. They have more supplies than they, uh, you know, could uh, live for fort years. Fort Conger? Conger. Conger. Okay. C-O-N-G-E-R. Okay. Yeah, you can Google that. Still there. And, uh, oh, shot uh, and killed uh, meat and were very well provided for. Did uh, a lot of science. And then when their relief didn't come to uh, bring them more food, uh, which they had plenty of at the time, uh, one of their contingent plans was they'd uh, try to get themselves back south, and they almost all died doing it, um, you know. And it was a couple years later till they were relieved, and the uh, people that come up on them, one fellow was basically on his last breath, and from two dozen of them, there were a half dozen left, uh, you know, at the time. Sounds like the Jeanette. And, yep, uh, and they were friends with the Jeanette people, okay? Do you, Jeanette do you know where just, one of the Jeanette people come from? Uh, Penobscot. Yeah. Herbert Leach. And again, another uh, polar expedition that went off and disappeared off the map. Nobody knew what happened to him until a couple of survivors staggered back out and told pretty horrible stories. So Yeah. They landed on two sides of the Lena Delta in the upper parts of Siberia. Yeah. And the ones that landed on the east side were able to survive. The ones on the other side, only two survived out of the landing party. Yeah. It went down a river and then couldn't get any fire. They were found, I believe. They were found because uh, I think George Washington DeLong, which was the captain, was in that party. Mm -hmm. and, and he didn't make it. No. No. Yeah. No, they were down to eating their shoelaces. Uh, yep, they yeah. ate their uh, uh, bearskin um, uh, buffalo bags, uh, sleeping bags, and then their sealskin pants. And mm -hmm. um, then it's arguable whether uh, they ate some of each other or used uh, some of those people for bait. There was one fellow who was... Uh, on the lam from Deadwood, he had uh, murdered a Chinaman, changed his name, and joined the expedition. And he was cheating. He was uh, the biggest man there, and he was not getting skinny. He was stealing food. Yeah. And uh, they ended up executing him, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of unprecedented, uh, you know. But mm -hmm. hell of a hell of a story. Buddy Levy, a brand new book. Um, the idea that um, those people never belonged up there to begin with is, uh, you know, part of the big joke. But... Uh, um, great armchair uh, reading there, and uh, they did get the furthest north. They took that away from the British, um, but at a horrible price. So, 
phone ringing? Is that what? No. No? Just okay. two minutes. It was another book I just end. got done reading was uh, a Cresswell out of uh, England who actually was the first man to do the Northwest Passage. But the boat got stuck, which was the investigator in the mid-1850s. Yeah. And the boat got stopped. But to save the crew that was in dire need of medical attention, he walked him out the rest of the way. The boat that went to... Uh, uh, rescue this expedition got stuck but they had figured it out they brought uh, um, more than a thousand ice torpedoes (laughs) and they would drill a five inch uh, diameter hole and stuff uh, how many pounds of dynamite uh, into it and blow cracks in the ice and it still could be a long way to go oh man hard going now if you're interested at all in any of this cold stuff the main maritime museum in bath this saturday coming up uh next one anyway uh saturday the 22nd uh, week after next, I'm believing. From 2 to 3 in the afternoon, we'll have a talk with uh, Charles, uh, let me get this right, uh, Lagerboom. And it's called Main Ships in the Arctic. Uh, his story if, of, you know, main, Mainers and Main Ships uh, up in the ice, including the boat and, uh, you know, Perry. And if you want to go a little further, go to Mystic Seaport because they have a whole ex- exhibition on Sir Francis, uh, on Sir. Uh, Sir, John Franklin. Uh, yeah. The Franklin, Franklin Expedition, which was lost. Yeah, this one was to, uh, Greeley Expedition was camped in Lady Franklin Bay. And when uh, Greeley's wife heard that he was going there, she says, there will be no Lady Franklins in this family. Like, I will not be a widow. And she arranged for his rescue and, uh, you know, it was instrumental. So, yeah. Well, thanks to Joel down in the engine room, we're going to end up boat talk for this week. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Finelli Pizzeria, 